You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. That doesn't matter what you should follow. Is the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter that is at CRS Podcast. C is in Carrie. We were talking about Mariah Carey before the show started. <laughs> R is in uh, Rumpelstiltskin. And S as in Sample. Sample. There we go. Because we were talking about samples for the show. Good. Okay. There we go. So <laughs> clockradiospeakers.com is powered by Tumblr. We are on Facebook. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. Subscribe to us on Tumblr. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Tumblr, Stitcher, all that good stuff, man. Make sure when we drop episodes, you are the first to get them because we don't have Twitter fingers and the minute it uploads, you could be the first one to hear the show and you could do the YouTube thing and put first on the comment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Take we don't get a lot of that first on, on SoundCloud. I mean, uh-huh. I'm waiting for somebody just to jump in, just be like, first. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm waiting on people to leave, um, to leave lyrics in the comments. Mm. Like YouTube. Trying, trying to key style. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, listen. We're taking it back today. If you if you are if you were on the internet and you rapped prior to like 2003, you key styled. You did it. We all did it. You put those squiggly lines in between your multis. You did it. You put you put uh parentheses in your ad-libs or you put asterisks in between your ad-libs. You did it. So, whatever. But what's up, Dot? What's going on? Uh it's good, man. Life is good. Uh, everybody can follow me Life on Twitter if they good. want. Life is good. Uh, at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. I have something to plug. I was on another podcast. I know. Did very well, might I add. I Thank was really, you. I was in. I, I definitely enjoyed the episode. It seemed like Cray, shout to, shout to Cray. He felt like he could like just ask you questions all day. And it was hilarious. I, I went extra nerdy was super and i felt you getting ready to make that turn and that's when they said see you next week <laughs> they did the tony shivani w end of when, WCW what, what point did they cut it off i haven't gotten to the end of the episode yet. uh i mean you guys you guys man i don't know because i was working and, and listening to it at the same time you guys were you were talking about um the differences in producers like oh goodness you know joe did the majority of right, scarf right, 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 and like right. there was that one sort of edm record that didn't sound like it fit and you know, Scarface and sort of how lyricism now is sort of catering to more realistic emotions than just I'll kill you and I'm better than you and I got more money than you. Sort of narcissism. Um, it, it's sort of, it's sort of cut off there. Mm, okay. Really, 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 really good episode. I'm sorry. Let's, I'm going to let you cook. My bad. No, no. Good. I mean, I, you know, I sort of, I just, I was just talking. Like, I don't even, remember, you know, I'm like, what did I say? Oh, I said that? Like, that happens on this show all the time. Like. All the time. Go back I and I'm like. Show back. Oh, I love listening to it because I'm like, oh, yeah, we're pretty funny. <laughs> uh, my wife, you know, I'll like be listening to it like next morning as I'm like getting ready for work and everything. And my wife's like, is that you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, you're listening to the podcast. I was like, yeah, because I listen to podcasts all the time when I'm getting ready. So yeah. sometimes it's a little weird, you know, she thinks she may think that like you're talking to her. I mean, I, you know, I typically don't talk to her about like hi hat patterns and things like that. But, you know. You couldn't been not able to sleep or something. 
3 a.m. You were talking, man. You t- you were talking about your 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 beat days. You ain't you ain't do no name drop. You ain't drop no Lloyd Banks. You no. ain't drop Freeway. You drop none of that stuff. You're like, yeah, I've played beats for these guys. No, they actually took some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be. You know, that's a that's a that's a long time ago. Yeah, but you know, still it's still history. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm all right. I'm all about clock radio speakers now. You didn't uh you didn't talk about uh you didn't talk about your mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> oh talk about things that should never get out yeah it, it won't ever get out because of me i don't have it anymore oh i still have it i'm i'm sure you do i have the 1.5 version there's a 1.5 really See, these are the things that nobody needs to know about we were going to do that remix album oh let's just avoid all that but anyway <laughs> anyway it's funny that we're reminiscing because today we're gonna be doing some reminiscing because uh, today we are talking about not the entire career, but let's just say a chunk of the career. We are doing a retrospective on Little Brother. And by extension, Ninth Wonder. Yep. Um, I was going to originally, I honestly was going to keep it at Little Brother. And I think um, I think it was you. Oh, you can blame me for that probably. Yeah. What record did you send me last week? You sent me something just off that I, I hadn't heard in years. And I was like, oh. We have to go here. And of course, YouTube and their blasted, their pesky related videos. Oh, it's just three a- hours later. <laughs> yeah. So we should be we should be really clear up front. We are not going to talk about every Ninth Wonder record because no, I feel like no producer that's n- as known as Ninth Wonder is, has had as many remix like songs put out there as mixtapes or whatever else as Ninth Wonder. Like there's too many to cover. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, just he was producing the lion's share of those Justice League projects too. So you got Ed Growlin Floyd, you got Legacy, you got Median, you got Joe Scudder. They were all putting out music as well because not only was Little Little Brother was the primary thing, but Justice, Justice League had become a thing in its own right. right so, right. you know, those other artists had their own fan bases as well. And Knife was producing for them. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it because there were some, there were some gems in, the, in those joints. Definitely some gems. But before we before we talk about little brother, uh huh, I feel as though there are some things that you may want to talk about. Yeah, I want to get some thing. I want to. I want to. I want to get some things off my chest real quick. Is there okay. anything else before we start? Is there anything else that we need to talk about? Like, is there anything going on in music right now that that that's important? So your man Rick Ross put out yeah, a song I, today. He did, and that was so weird. It's not weird. It makes total I, sense. Why does it make total sense? Because it's produced by Jalo Beats. And it sounds like a Meek Mill type beat, which his mixtape did not sound like at all. So Ah. tells me right off the bat that mixtape did not get the response he hoped for. This is the don't worry, guys, I can still make these records release. (sighs) Right. Why else would why else would you put a song like he just put a mixtape out? That sucks. I feel. I feel. I hate. I, I feel bad for artists when things like that happen to them. I think he mis. I think he misjudged. I think. Um, I think he thought that his. I'll call him throwaway material, but his leftover material, stuff that's not going to make it on the album. It's clear that they thought that a combination of some leftover stuff and here's a couple of records that are really for the fans. We mix that together. We got a solid project. People will talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. But it's pretty clear that that didn't work. It's not that it's an awful project or anything like that we talked about on the show. It's just there's a lot of filler, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I actually mean, saw more chatter about this new Mac Miller album than I did about Ross's tape. I haven't listened to that yet, but I have it on my list. Um, 
There was a good story uh, on Grantland about uh, Mac Miller, about how he became sober. He, I think he pretty much like sobered up, like he got his life together be, uh, with the help of Rick Rubin, actually. Um, so basically he stole Macklemore's, uh, his, his, uh, his gimmick for the new album. It's uh, it was, it's a really good story. It's on Grantland. I think, uh, I think Robert Brown wrote it up, but, um, of course he did. Of course he did. Um, they're going to have to pay him a lot of money. Well, now that, uh, now that Simmons is gone. Right. Cause you imagine all those guys at Grantland are pretty much going to ESPN. Like you want to keep me? Oh, yeah. open up the checkbook. <laughs> yeah. The boss back somebody. Back <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, and we did not, we did not. Did you, uh, did you listen to that J-Rock album anymore? I listened to it once or twice. It is a, uh, I feel like maybe next week, maybe we could talk about Mac Miller and J-Rock or something or some combination of people because along with some other things, um, it's a, it's a, it's very dense, you know, it is not an easy breezy record. It is not like, and I, you wouldn't expect that, but, um, even with like schoolboy Q, like once Kendrick became popular, like they tried, um, not yeah, it was, oh, collard greens. Like they tried sort of records that, oh, we can get these played and you know, they had studio and they had man of the year, like records that even though schoolboy Q can make, you know, really dark, aggressive sounding records. Like they tried to get him in a little bit more of a front of a, I don't want to say radio friendly place, but you know, something a little more accessible. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear any of that on J rock, but do you do that with J rock? Well, right. But I'm saying, so it's, um, it's definitely something worth talking about. I don't know if we're going to be able to do like an entire, like two part episode about it or anything, but you know, it's definitely something that I'd like to talk about. Well, what if we talk about the, uh, the rollout? Yeah, we so like I said, we can so we we can come back. We can talk about. There's a right. There's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. All what that to say, this? I heard it once or twice. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. What about this Ti? Because you asked me about the Ti record last week, and I was like, huh? And then he and put then, out an EP. And then immediately after we stopped the show, it's a freaking EP. So um, I yeah, mean, we I got guess, some stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. we, it, we'll, we'll talk about stuff. Let's hope. I'm gonna go ahead and pray that something something <laughs> happens. I mean, we can do that like on a B side or one of the sides. <laughs> It'll be yeah. all right. As always, we have uh, more than enough to talk about, typically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be okay. Oh, and I do want to say this. Just before we get into the show, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, and I briefly, I asked you about it. I texted you about it because I was thinking about it. Um, I just want to personally, I'm sure I can speak for Doc when I say this. I personally want to thank everybody who has listened to the show mm. or is consistently listening since we came back. Um, everything you guys are engaged, the, the engagement, the love, like you guys really, really missed us. And it's just, it's weird to know that you guys enjoy listening to us ramble. Cause we really don't take ourselves serious. Um, for us to just rant about music for an hour and a half, two hours every week, how you've put that into your very busy lives, man. I know I can speak for doc and say that we definitely appreciate that. So feels good to be, feels good to be home. Feels good to be back. So I appreciate it. So you had something you wanted to talk about. I saw you tweeting about this today. Yeah. So, all right, let's break this down. Yeah. Did you read the article? Because I sent you the article. I did. And then I texted you back with some thoughts, but we can talk about it on the show. I definitely did not get that text. What the <laughs> heck? Did I get that text? Nah. I didn't get that text at all. Man, T maybe, man. I swear. All right. So, um, so there's an artist named D1. Are you familiar with D1, Doc? No. No? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, D1's an artist out of New Orleans. Um, he has been on the underground indie scene for a very long time. Um, and very successful, 
He's done records pretty much for everybody from the South. He did a record with Mac. Did a record. I'm sure you you don't care who Mac is, but I know who Mac record, is. Okay, he did a record with Mac. Did records with Manny Fresh. Like he's he's gotten a lot of love and support. Very positive rapper, things of that nature. Um, so lately, he got signed to what did he get signed to? RCA Atlantic. One of those might have been RCA. I don't remember off top immediately, but he got signed to a major label um, and. More recently, he put out a record explicitly called I'm a Christian. Um, I'm not perfect was the subtitle. So he's definitely sort of turning up his beliefs um, it, with, with his music now that especially now that he's gotten a record deal. So I didn't know this, but I just found out today when I just saw the chatter on my timeline was that he was going to put out uh, he was going to put out a project this week that was basically a. Uh, an antithesis, he was going to take Lil Wayne beats and he was basically going to sort of challenge the mindset that Wayne is speaking from and the people that he's speaking to to sort of talk about the destruction and the death and sort of negative things that Wayne talks about in his music. So then I guess there was a there was an Instagram post where he let people know that the his label stopped him from putting out the project and he said he was banned from putting out this project. He said that, you know, he was threatened with legal action and even his, 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 his physical body was threatened to have harm done to it. And, uh, there began this, this, I support D one campaign. Wado, uh, did a periscope and, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch the whole periscope, but I watched uh, a good chunk of it where he sort of broke down you know, how important this was and how this project was. And, you know, it was going to be this, this, it's, it's, and he didn't call it a conspiracy. Shout out to Wado. Um, very good dude. But it was sort of the idea was becoming, all right, well, you know, they are the powers that be. The major label is stopping um, D1 from putting out this mixtape because the ideal, the ideals that he was going to challenge on this project went against the label's beliefs. So, you know, see how I want to break this down because I'm very interested. I'm very interested before I go on my rant. I really want to know what you think. I really want to know what you text me, honestly. Right. So is that worth sharing on the show or is yeah, that? No, I, I mean, so I can just say it again because I remember what I texted you. I mean, basically, so here's how I understand it. We have we have an artist who is signed to a major label. Yep. Um, who is putting out a mixtape I'm using I'm using air quotes here. Um, that was probably at least somewhat professionally recorded, and yep. apparently the label is involved. So yeah, so there's label involvement. It's over yep. Little Wayne beats. Yeah, and the entire like marketing angle of the mixtape uses Little Wayne as a foil. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised that Cash Money had a problem with this. You're and making because you're making money off of them, or you're you're putting something out that is. It is somewhat crossing a line in terms of in terms of uh, recognition and mixtapes operate in this gray area anyway. I was going to ask that because you know the 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 mindset and the thought process is well it's a mixtape it's free they're not profiting off of them so they shouldn't have to get clearance. People use other people's beats for mixtapes all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Remember the gray album? Absolutely. Now, for our listeners, what was the Grey album? The Grey album was uh, when Danger Mouse, back before he was a really a known guy. This is before Gnarls Barkley. This is before, now the fact that he's like a Grammy award-winning producer and everything. Um, 
he did a remix album. It was uh, the acapellas from Jay-Z's Black album with songs entirely from the Beatles' White album. And black and white together, you get gray. He was legally stopped from like from having that available online. There was actually a whole huge thing online. It was like free. It was like mixtape day. Like people tried to rally around it and everything, but you like the the you know the people who own the Beatles catalog was like, mm, you can't do this. And it's not so much because it's the combination of it's not that it's this is I'm, I'm, what I'm not saying is like there's legal precedent for this or anything like that, but it's like look, if you record a mixtape over other people's beats, you're sort of treading the line and frankly it's not legal but they're not going to care unless they know about it and boy there is no better way for them to know about it than if you're using if there's like a theme to it and you're using their artist as a foil and they're not getting any sort of compensation or anything like that oh and there's a major label involved that means there's money to go after that means there's a legal department that's going to get involved this isn't a conspiracy this is how businesses work right So, and let me flip it. And for anybody who's, especially if you are a Christian hip hop fan and you are, and you are troubled by this because you're thinking, well, here's a guy with a message. Here's a guy who's trying to say something that people need to hear. And why, you know, why this mixtape and not others? I would say, like, flip it around. So, like, let's say somebody uh, did a mixtape. Let's say a, let's say a a non Christian hip hop artist did a mixtape. Uh, that was Lecrae Beats, and specifically in like the marketing of it, used Lecrae as a foil. Like we're talking some like, nah, I'm going to talk about like we're going to be mixing Sprite in purple cups, right? Right. And they were signed to a major label. Do you right. think for a moment that Lecrae's label wouldn't go after them? Right. Absolutely. Okay. So that's my that's my two cents. Okay. So my thing is, and from a from a Christian perspective. You know, the Bible talks about taking territory, right? So numbers, I think it's 33 or something like that. It's talking about taking territory for God, right? So we think Christian hip hop has this belief because there was also something that happened where uh, somebody signed to Reach Records to Lecrae's label. Andy Minio was on Static Selecta's uh, Shade 45 show. Static asked him, so is Reach Records a Christian-based hip hop label? Andy says no. We are a hip hop label, but we have Christians on it. So he's getting he's getting backlash from that, saying that he's, you know, denying the gospel. So the question was posed because they they've this isn't the first time Andy has sort of and sort of some of these other artists have sort of like dismissed this subgenre of Christian hip hop. Sure. They've they've gone on MTV and called it corny, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, but we're but when you listen to Christians talk about these guys, and this isn't undermining the good things that they do, um, the response is, well, they're, they're, breaking, they're breaking barriers and they're taking territory and they're kicking doors down and they're opening doors for other artists and et cetera, et cetera. Well, to me, if, you, if, if that was the goal, you wouldn't say very general things like Christian hip hop is corny. You wouldn't say that because... There you would if you would if your goal was to break down doors for other artists, you would make sure that the listeners, whether they're not Christian, whatever, whatever, that they would be open to hearing other people besides you. So the question was posed. The question was posed. Are they breaking down doors for Christian hip hop as a subgenre or are they breaking doors and barriers down for reach records so that they're cool? And it's almost like, well, you know, those other guys are, you know, those other guys, it's almost like the token black friend. Like, I don't really like black people, but you're, you're cool. 
You know what I'm saying? So when you talk about taking territory, if you look at it from a military sense, taking territory means to walk into a land, a building, an establishment, a government, walking in the middle of that place and taking it over, saying we are not uh, subject to your rules, laws and by and bylaws. And now we are doing things this way and we're turning things upside down. When you walk into a territory that you do not overtake, you are merely there and you are subjected to the laws of that land. So if I walk into ESPN and they say I can't chew gum, if I'm chewing gum and, and if I'm chewing gum, I'm going against the laws of their land. Now, am I going now? The question is. Am I going to spit the gum out or am I going to keep chewing it? And if I keep chewing it, why am I chewing the gum? Um, But I think Christian hip hop is just not used to being in those spaces. We're not used to being on ESPN and we're not used to being on, you know, primetime television and getting our songs used for getting licensed for movies and TV shows and stuff. So we automatically think that because we're in this space, we're taking territory. That's not necessarily the case. You can have a mega church with 20,000 members and God not be there. You can have a church with five members. I go to a very small church. I believe the spirit of God is there on a consistent basis. Numbers don't mean anything. If you gain or gather something because of your talents, it doesn't necessarily mean that even though God gave you those talents, it doesn't mean that you are, that you are getting those talents, that you are getting those things for God. You may have the idea, like, I want to do this for God, but that may not even be what God wants you to do. He may want you to be over here. He may want you to be back there. He may want you to be around the corner, but you have decided. We have marginalized success to this one thing that hip hop success has always been a lot of money, uh, a lot of notoriety, a lot of fame, touring, et cetera, et cetera. We have no, we have marginalized success to this one thing. And if it's not this one thing, then we need to be chasing this one thing. And if we're not anywhere near this one thing, then we're not successful. And that's a lie. So I'm not saying that D one is being, um, uh, persecuted for his beliefs because keep it real his record label knew what they were getting into too when they signed him they understood hey this is a christian artist and and the i'm a christian video isn't the first time that he's been very vocal and upfront about his beliefs so they signed him knowing this is what they were going to quote unquote deal with vice versa the fact that he walked into a major label he understood that there were certain things that he may not be able to do not from a not from a religious standpoint, not from a a, a a ministry standpoint, from a logistical and from a business standpoint. There may be some things that he just may not be able to do. Such case in point with this mixtape. Um, so I know Christians sort of like to wave the flag of persecution really, really quick, but like slow your roll a little bit and think about this logistically and you know, connect the dots another way. Not to say that that can't happen, not to say that that isn't happening, but don't throw all your eggs in one basket immediately because there are other uh, ways that to me make more sense and a way more logical than just they don't want me to get this message out because he's not the first artist to do something like this. And when I listen to the songs that, that leaked, that he leaked off the project, he wasn't saying anything new or groundbreaking that I hadn't heard from other artists challenging this sort of mindset. So he's not the first guy to do it. But, you know, why? Why? I guess my question is for anybody who's listening and may not be, or agree or believe or, you know, go along with what Doc and I are saying, like, what is it about this project that's different from anything else that's been done? So I'm done. 
Unless you have something else to say. Yeah, two, a couple <laughs> points. Um, first of all, An- uh, Andy Mineo is, is correct. Um, as long as Christian hip-hop artists insist on labeling their work Christian hip-hop, they will always exist in a, sh- in a sub-genre, and there will always be a ceiling on what they can do sales-wise, reach, you name it. There will always be a limit. You never want to be in the subgenre. You want to be in the genre. Mm-hmm. Always. That's point, point one. Point two, um, this guy's label knew what they were getting into. And in fact, they signed him not because they thought they were doing something good, but because they clearly thought they could make money off of exactly. his message. So exactly. honestly, what this sounds like is, sure, I, I have no doubt that, you know, cash money. And look, we all know how cash money does business. I would be at all surprised if, if, if Baby or Baby's Flunky sent the goons down. Right? <laughs> like that. It's cash money. Um, right. But what they're doing right now is the smartest thing possible. It's called controversy. It's called getting your name out there. There are now – if this keeps floating around, you know, I don't, they might have already done it. But like big sites will pick it up and they'll talk about, oh, the Little Wayne mix, the, the Little Wayne, you know, right. controversy that you need to hear about. Like right. the, everybody just needs to relax. Like this is going to do him way more of a favor than if, than if cash money said nothing, they just gave this man free publicity. Now exactly. they, now they need to run with it. Exactly. Now it's become sort of like this, this thing now. So it's, it's right. almost like an urban legend, right? This mixtape that won't come out. So when it does come out, it's going to get more ears and eyes on it. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm done. Okay. I'm, I'm good. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we talk about little brother? Uh, if you're in Columbus, I will be at the Independence Day Festival. 3.30 is my showtime. Oh, Doc, I need to talk to you about something off, <laughs> offline of the shows. I just thought about that so, okay. I can, so I can be reminded of whatever. 3.30 will be there. Uh, 3.30 will be my showtime. I actually have a set, so it's not just me performing one song. Like I'm actually doing stuff, and I've got every, everything laid out. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to do it. So if you're out there, it's free Independence Day Festival in Columbus is really, really dope. So check it out. But yeah, let's 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 get into this LB business. I'm ready. <laughs> um, so where do you want to start? I mean, we need to talk about the li- so actually you could probably clear some of it for me. So d- the listening came out online in late 2002, right? Um, now there, it it wasn't the listening first. There was like a collection of songs. Right. So it was whatever you say, it was speed and it was something else. Uh, Maybe so fabulous. No, maybe love joint, maybe love joint. I don't know. It was, it was, but I said to say speed was the first video that they did. That was technically the first single, but the record that caught everybody online was whatever you say. Well, yeah. And whatever you say, I think, like, I mean, I don't think Wiki's 100% correct all the time, but they've got whatever you say is being released as a single November 2002, which sounds about right. I don't I don't remember. Because that. I think, because the album itself was officially released in early 2003, but yeah. I'm pretty sure my old school rip of the album was 2002, like the very end of 2002. Um, yeah. But yeah, whatever you say that, we're going to talk about that in a minute. So we definitely want to talk about the listening first, right? So what was Absolutely. the... F- so for you, what was the first, was it, was it whatever you say? Is that what caught your ear for a little bit? Yeah. Brother? Well, I remember, I remember being on my computer. This was 2002 was like pristine bum years for me. So I just graduated high school. I had a little whack job and that's when I like really thought that I was going to be like the next hot rapper and I used to do mixtapes and all this other stuff. So I would be up until like three, four in the morning online on, so on IRC 
just downloading music like mad um, and engaging in in the form that, you know, you and I met at uh, Support Online Hip Hop. Shout out to Felicia. (laughs) 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 But um, I remember somebody made a thread. So, you know, back in those days, like, you know, if any thread was semi popping on that site, which, you know, a lot were, um, you know, you would you would entertain it. You would engage it. You know, the people there were pretty knowledgeable. This is way before you know, trolls were involved. So for the most part, people were very sincere about their opinions and their perceptions on hip hop and stuff like that. So I remember seeing a group, uh, something about Lil Brother, and I don't know why I clicked on it, but I remember going to their website and hearing those three records that were on their site. And I remember hearing what whatever you say and being like, there's nothing I've ever heard that sounds like this. Just even the way the sample was flipped was just incredible. So that so immediately um, I hear that record and I'm oh, I think the other record might have been the yo-yo. That sounds right. Because the yo-yo got uh, hip hop quotable in the source. Oh, I don't I don't know. Fonte's verse got. And then I was like, oh, my God, you know, who's this Fonte guy? He can really really rap. And uh, from there, it was just it was on from there. It was on from there. For me, it was whatever you say. Like you, I heard that and I was just like, oh, wow. And this is a story that I've alluded to, but I'll share it Um, before we get into track by track and listening. um, Ninth Wonder made me realize that I could make beats. And I don't mean that like in a backhanded compliment, like I heard it and I was like, I can do that. He was the first producer to get like written up in magazines or, or talked about in a significant way online who used software and exclusively software and like talked about yeah. it. And he caught a lot of heat for that. Uh, we all did. Um, and he actually used to use what is now Audition, but what used to be cool at a pro. He used that and Fruity Loops. <laughs> I still use that. You use... <laughs> I still use Adobe Audition. Yeah. 1. I, 1. I, 5. I, I, use, I, use, I use Adobe Audition all the time. Every, every single song I've ever mixed for Armand has been mixed in Audition. Every episode of this podcast has been mixed in Audition. I don't use it for making beats, but I use it for mixing. And so... You know, here was the software that I had downloaded because this was the end of 2002. And that was when I started making instrumental loops. I really wish you would have been able to get into that. Just your whole hustle from that with the game album and <laughs> J-Arm stealing your stuff. Oh, and- J-Arm just to steal my stuff. Yo, shout out to J-Arms, man. We still looking for you, bro. <laughs> Armand's going to send the goons. Goons is out. <laughs> like, man, like he used to... He used to- my my, go- my goons might be wearing like sweater vests, like the Mean Street Posse goons, but they still they still put in work. That's all right. <laughs> he used to splice over your gong and put the airplane. It was pathetic. It's pathetic. So I used to start, you know, uh, I used to rappers would leave, they used to really leave like just chunks of beats at, after the end of some songs. So I would start, you know, just looping those, and that was pretty basic. And then I, I told the story a little bit on the podcast. I actually just did, um, but I realized, oh. Well, there's this part and there's this part. And some songs, like, the beat's a little different, so can I find it? And then eventually I got, like, later on I got to a point where I was like, I think the most complicated one I ever did was Faramont's Show No Mercy. Because that? The, the instrumentals were out. I didn't have that. Hmm. Right. I know. Some, a lot of these I could have just found the instrumental. But it was after I looped it that I found the instrumental. But I actually had to essentially sample that record. Wow. Because there's no place, that, you listen to it, there's no loop. So, like, there's parts of it, like, take this chunk, take this chunk, take this chunk, rearrange them, all this stuff. 
So I used to get like super complicated with it, right? I figured out how to reverse the effect of a fade out because like people would do like a fade out over four bars and I was like, nope, I can just reverse it. Yeah, so I used to get super nerdy with it. But all that to say, it was little like it was the coverage around Ninth Wonder that was like, oh, so I don't need an MPC, right? I don't I don't need to go get a keyboard that costs like $1,500, right? Yeah. I can do that. I can do this on my own. And now granted my, my first beats were awful. I didn't know anything about it, but like it got me started on that path. So yep. like I will always have that connection as soon as they hear ninth wonder. And honestly, it started with whatever you say. So we should, we should talk about the album. Let's do it. So first track is the morning. And like, as soon as I hear that WJLR thing, like immediately, I'm just like memories come flooding back. Cause I haven't heard this album in like a decade. Wow. Wow. I listen to Little Brother fairly consistently. Um, but I I have a play I have a Spotify playlist, so that's a little different than like letting the album run front to back. So mm. you're right. Of course morning isn't on that playlist. I'm not right, right, right. Sense, but just immediately because I already know what's gonna happen because I'm so familiar with this album, I immediately just start thinking of how ahead of their time they were they were. Mm, what do you mean by that? Even just with um they the thing about them. I don't, I don't know if you said this on, on or off air, just sort of the, the, in, the Tribe Called Quest influence they had. Um, a lot of Native Tongue records, specifically Tribe Called Quest and especially De La Soul, they were known for their skits. Mm. And especially De La, their skits used to be funny. And they would also connect the songs together or connect the overlying theme um, of the album. And you know, we're going to talk about characters and just even them doing different voices for different uh, on-air personalities doing this show. Like WJLR completely becomes its own thing. And nobody was doing that at the time. Um, Hip-hop wasn't, hip-hop might have been fun in 2002, 2003, but it wasn't necessarily funny. Mm. And like this album and just Little Brother's career, there are a lot of, spots that were funny and they they used their personalities outside of the raps like yeah their raps and their songs they would get serious but they would also make very fun and very funny songs where they would take parodies of they would become they would you know make parodies but they were not parodies themselves right um and i thought that was that was that was ahead of its time that was low-key revolutionary sort of for that time in 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 hip-hop so yeah the one thing that the intro really like made apparent to me listening now after the fact with you know the benefit of hindsight is they actually shared something in common with Wu-Tang which is so right off the bat in this intro you hear them talking about Justice League you hear the name Sean Don you hear the name Legacy like they are like dropping you into their world there's yes. lots of names yes there's like a, it's like a very self-contained world yes and if you're a rap fan, like eventually we hear about Cesar Comanche, we get the whole Roy Lee thing, we get Median on a record. Like, if you like this, all of a sudden you're like, well, who are these other people? What is this? What you know? You go, you're go, you know at the time, yeah, you were still googling. Like, you know, you're trying to figure it out. And like Wu Tang was really great at that. Like when you if when when Wu Tang first came out, people it was like it was almost too dense. Especially for the time where there was no Google or anything like that. Like, people had to really, like, figure out, how many guys are there? Wait, right. who? What's going the, on? The Why does the guy about- have a mask on? Like, <laughs> little, little Brother 
didn't quite have as much like density to it as Wu-Tang did, but like I just felt like they dropped you into their world. And as a fan, there was a whole lot for you to try to figure out. And the good thing about them is that they had their own planet, which right. was the lawn, which was a message board. Oh, the lawn. Yeah. So imagine before Reddit, imagine it was like a subreddit. It was like the first subreddit in hip hop. So it was just they, you know, it was nothing to see Ninth Wonder. And, you know, later on, we'll get we'll, we'll begin to sort of talk about them releasing music there first and then letting it leak out onto you know, just beyond, hey, listen to my, my music, it really became a, a spot where their fans uh, congregated and would talk to Ninth and Tay and Pooh and the other members of the Justice League or whatever. And like that was your spot to find out who was who. Right. Right. OK. Uh, you want to talk about uh, the first actual song? Yeah, let's do it. So Groupie Part 2. Um, and right off, you get a Big Pooh solo record, essentially. Yeah. I always like this song. Like in hindsight, I don't really know if the hook has held up, but I know every word of it, and I love this song. Even the ad libs. Even the ad libs. Not even a hi hat. <laughs> Stuff like that. Immediately, it's funny. Right. And and uh, another thing is, and <laughs> we talked about this. Um, Justice League made quite a few songs about songs. Mm-hmm. And about hip hippity hoppity things. I mean, the entire album is essentially right. like you know first it's frustration that people aren't listening <laughs> right it's like people who they just want to hear the hot song yep and we'll we'll get to that when we get to the song because that song is very right. very interesting right but Even um and again like here we get our first uh cesar comanche appearance yeah was that is that cesar or was that uh no that was wood nichols yeah he, wood nichols was there another one there was like a whole like money theme there's like something dollar i forget um yeah, um, yeah, like, so Group Part 2, like, at the time, like, I love this beat. I, after hearing, like, the whole, it, I don't think this is, like, one of Ninth's, like, best beats or anything like that, but I like the song. It's a good song. Yep. Yep. Same. Um, Same. Same. For You is Fonte's first appearance on the album, really. I mean, he pops in at the very end of Groupie, but, like, his first time rapping. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty clear, like, Fonte can really rap. Yep. I, I always was a big Pooh fan, but it was pretty clear for most hip-hop fans that they thought Fonte was the better rapper, right? Yep. And I know that you're a big Fonte fan. <sighs> Alright, I'm gonna say something. Mm -hmm. The way people talk about Jay-Z in terms of Jay having lines and verses and songs that they can apply to several aspects of their life, that is Fonte for me. Mm. Fonte is far and away one of my favorite MCs of all time. Possibly top three all time, not not best favorite. favorite. Right. Um, there are people who can rap better than him, but he can rap. And a little later on, I want to make another point about Fonte. But this is early, early twenties, very optimistic Fonte, and you know this is rapidly rap battle Fonte, like in its essence. And uh, yeah, for you, for you is dope. For you is very dope. I, I don't really love the beat. Really? No, it's cool, but no. But both, you know, Fonte and I like Pooh on it. Like, both, like, yeah. The point of this song is the rappers. This song is not about the beat. Like, some some of these Little Brother records, like, you know, it's not that they need to get out of the way of the beat, but it's almost like it'd be really hard to mess up some of these beats because they're classics now. Yeah. But, like, For You is not, like, a classic beat or anything. Yep. Um, but I do love the beat on Speed. Mm. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Okay. 
No, no, no. Um, this again, Fonte showing his range going from talking about rapidy rap stuff to, you know, his world. Right. Not only his world, his world is so relatable to so many other people's worlds that we can instantly put ourselves in his shoes and and see the same things that he's seen. And he always sort of had a wisdom about him that surpassed his years. Um, so he was able to sort of say things that, honestly, I didn't grasp until I was way older. Because this is 2003. I'm still, I'm still like teenager, early 20s. So I, I'm just now getting out on my own. I don't know nothing. Um, so, yeah. No, no, no. Speed is the dope record. Speed's dope. I remember the video. You remember the video when they were on the bus? No. Yeah, they were on the bus for the video. Uh, love the Bobby Womack sample. Like you get ninths really would eventually become his very trademark, like crispy ninth wonder snares. Um, the hook, and honestly, I'm going to say that about a lot of these songs. I don't know how well some of these hooks really held up, um, but Speed's a dope record. Mm. But we need to talk about the record, which is whatever you say. Yes. Like if you yes. were a hip hop fan in the late 2002, early 2003, there were, at the end of 2002, there were like, there were two songs that I listened to over and over again. What were those? Whatever you say. Uh-huh. And the original version of Through the Wire. Where he's actually rapping. Through the Wire. And so, whatever we you talk, s- talked about that on the retrospective, right? On I Kanye. think so. How that, that song was out for a long time. Very, very long. That was on, uh, wasn't it on a Rockefeller mixtape or something like that? It, honestly, like this is back when you and I were, you know, on IRC and everything. It literally like showed up as like a, as like a single rip or whatever. And I just remember having that and I was like, wow. Yeah. This is. It's still one of the great, I know we're not talking about, well, we will talk about Kanye Little Brother a little later. And Through the Wire video is one of the best hip hop videos ever. Mm. That video, that video is phenomenal. It was revolutionary at the time. We had never seen it, but it, it was dope. I haven't watched it in a while, but that was a great video. Yeah. Hip Boy really liked it, too. Um, but <laughs> but uh, whatever. You, <laughs> oh, Doc. Oh, man. Anyway. Whatever, whatever you say is great. Uh, yeah. Fonte kills this. Yes, he does. Um, I got your head still nodding and my verse didn't run. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. Even, you know, the remix. So many remixes. So many remixes. But the remix I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Ninth Wonder samples Maxwell. Oh, uh, right. Whatever, whatever, wherever. And just completely. Ninth is responsible for a lot of tender songs I wrote <laughs> as a young chap. Ninth did a really good job of, like, making, like, the, the feels mixed with, with hippity hop, rapidity rap. And I was a sucker for all of it. Like, ooh, a sample? Oh, remember the, the Look of Love remix? Of course. Ooh. Of course. Yeah, we got, we, I think we have to dedicate a good 20 minutes to just like shouting out our favorite ninth one. Okay. All right. It's, we'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry. Got me no, jumping no, ahead. You're cool because I, I sort of started it. So you're straight. But whatever you say is phenomenal, classic, amazing. This record, this record is crazy. I remember um, they didn't make a video for this, right? No, it wasn't even an official like single single that they pushed. Like they, what they pushed was uh, "So Fabulous" and the Get Up. I think. Yeah, well, they were. I remember them. I remember them saying that they were supposed to shoot a video for whatever you say because they or they they did shoot one and they scrapped it or something like that. But a video does or was supposed to exist. Mm. Um, they might have actually said that in the source issue that they were in because I remember I do remember them. Excuse me, having to. Uh, 
I don't want to call it overcompensating, but they definitely had to state that they were fan. They were from the South. And I think we, we haven't talked about this, but, you know, we're from the South. We have, you know, a, a East Coast underground influence. But like our favorite album was Big Timers. I got that work. Oh, they had to like they had to prove their their bona fides. Like yes, they had to, yeah, they had to be like no, yeah. no, 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 we're we're Southerners. Yeah, we're we're South. Yeah, we're Southerners because people really thought that they were from New York. Right. At least Ninth was at least the Beats or whatever. So they had to overstate that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, people give uh, like say ASAP Rocky a lot of a lot of crap for being from New York, but sounded like he's from Houston. But mm. all, all those same East Coast New York fans, they love Little Brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are two different audiences, though. Uh, there's some overlap um we both love whatever you say though obviously yeah i love make me hot i love (laughs) i love all the skits where fonte sings man when we we talk about the skit like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna fan out for like five minutes you go right ahead um but i like make me hot honestly part of it too it's it's a good change of pace like they they're using the skit in a good way absolutely right um where you know you get the whole run-up those first essentially four songs not counting the morning right ending with whatever you say which is they knew was going to be a, an incredible record right and then you get made me hot and then you get this next little batch of stuff um which is let's talk about the yo-yo yes i love the trick daddy line this is one of my favorite rap verses ever really yeah i, I know it's completely by heart i don't really love the beat to the yo-yo it's i like cool. the, i like the nicolay version better on the chitlin circuit oh hmm I do love right. Fonte is great on here though. Yeah, Fonte, Fonte kills. My black queen. Don't know that nigga. <laughs> no, you know what? I do like the I do like the beat on the original because I like the way it drops in on that. But it, it's one of those instances where the beat is a perfect canvas for them to be right. conceptual. Right, right, right. This is this is a case where like so whatever you say, yeah, they could they could say good stuff, but like and they did. They were you know they had good verses, but like that beat alone is going to take them places. Whereas the yo yo is like all right. Here's a nice, it's a good tempo, it's got yep. a good feel, good groove, exactly. Exactly. but it's not, the yo-yo is not, the yo-yo is not a showy beat. Exactly, exactly, right. exactly. You need to listen to what we have to say. Absolutely. Right. Um, Shorty on the Lookout, <laughs> feature yeah. median. Um, man, this sounds so much like Tribe, like late 90s Tribe specifically, like the love movement Tribe. It's funny, I was listening to Beats, Rhyme, Beats Rhymes in Life today. Mm. That album got some joints. It's like the one tribe album I never really like paid that much attention to, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's weird. Like in, of course, their their first three are largely considered to be classics, and then people often talk about you know the the love moment being what it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, minus a couple records here here and there. But yeah, people don't really talk about beats, rhymes, and life. But yeah, oh, it's nice. got it's got some joints on there. Anyway, shorty in the lookout sounds like a tribe record though, right? Or is that just me? Uh yeah, I guess you could say at least the sample. I don't think the drums are very tribey. You know, I, that's I made, true. I saw I made, you. Yeah, yeah. I made a statement on Twitter earlier today that said no hip hop producer has better drums than uh than Q Tip. Um, you know, and hmm. I don't know if I agree with that, but of course, of course, nobody's gonna agree with it. But he's on. No, he is an incredibly underrated producer. He absolutely. I I just found out today that he wrote and produced uh, Groove is in the Heart. Do you know that? It makes sense. He's in the video. I mean that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He produced it. Wrote and produced it. Yeah, it's incredible. It's crazy. So I'm. I mean, like in terms of if you just listen to Q-Tip snares alone, his snares are incredible. They will smack you in the face. <laughs> they are very hard and very like 
Like, mm, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think this this beat is dope. <clears throat> I honestly always felt like this song sort of plods along after a while. It does. Um, I do like the hook. Um, people do not know that. Some people do, but Median was originally the other member in Little Brother, except before Fonte. Really? I think so. Hmm. It was supposed to be. It was me. It was Median. Median. I believe Median and Ninth met first. And then I think they got with Fonte. Yeah, I think they got with Fonte and they were a group. And then Median like left school and then Pooh came and then Pooh gelled and they, they became the group. Something like that. But yeah, Median was the, in the original Little Brother. Yep. I know that to be fact. What other members he was with, I don't remember. But right. um, he was in the, in the group or whatever. So. But short in the lookout is cool. It's cool. It's cool. It plods on a little bit after a while, but... You know, I love the way it, I love the way the beat drops in from the sample and all that stuff. Like that, John's dope. Right. Uh, how do you feel about Love Joint Revisited? Uh, I think this one plods a little bit too. Yeah, this this is a little bit of a slow spot in the album. Yeah, it it definitely. You know, I appreciate the the sort of tribute to all of the the MCs that they were influenced by and grew up on. I definitely dig that. Um, but yeah, after a while, like after maybe about a verse and a half, I'm like, okay. Well, that sounds so fabulous, right? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. I get those two confused. Uh, Love Joint. No, I like the beat for Love Joint. The beat is dope. The beat is dope. It's not like my favorite, but it's cool. Right. Right. And so fabulous. You just talked about it. Like, right. Like after a while, you're just like, all right. Like, you know, and part of the problem too is like, it could kind of work, but that's the kind of record where you need the beat to be like incredible. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. Um, so honestly, like most of the time I used to skip these records, but I mm. didn't skip the way you do it. Mm. That talk about something, bringing back memories, like put this on junior college. And I'm like, man, some, something about when, when ninth record, when ninth record, when ninth wonder makes, makes beats that are used for like, you know, a little bit of a, of a song about maybe the fair sex, you know, maybe a little get, get the feels involved. And like, I'm just immediately like, you know. I'm 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 19, 20 years old again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I love the way you do it. Love that beat. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So I wrote a lot. <laughs> I wrote a lot of songs for girls to those magazines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost made a phone call today and had, like asked one one of the girls I used to like. I'm still cool with or whatever. And be like, yo, you still got that record I wrote about you? <laughs> I just want to hear it. My, I just need a good laugh. My my wife will still tell me about like the mixtapes. I used to, mix CDs I used to make for her. I'm telling you, man, we got to, we got to do an episode. <laughs> we got to do a clock radio speakers on this. Right when Marcus Graham's about to come out, we got to do yeah. an episode about all that stuff. Um, uh, Roy Lee, producer extraordinaire. Classic. Classic. Cork Tr- Triton. I got a boom and a bap. I got a boom a bit, but I just can't get you. Oh, my God. I'd hate to go out there and rob some old jazz singer. <laughs> but I'd do it. Because I'm a great. They got, oh, I love it. Love that interlude. And then the, and then the rock end. Oh my god! <laughs> classic skit. Classic skit. Classic skit. Classic skit. And the funny part is, is, they had they had a great sense of continuity because this isn't the last time we hear about Roy Lee. We they create these characters, right? And they stick with them, and right. they develop them. Rappers weren't doing that, right? Rappers were not doing that. Right. So. The intro, intro to the minstrel show, right? Roy Lee and the and the Cork Tritonian band. Yep. Um, 
Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I love that interlude, though. Um, how do you feel about the getup? Uh, it's cool. It's all right. It's, it's the only song on the album that is not entirely produced by Ninth Wonder. Who else does something to that? Some guy named Eccentric. Oh, yeah. Ninth Wonder and Eccentric. Right. They did a, I believe they did Atari 2600. Oh, I can't believe I forgot to listen to that. Yeah, I and mean, they had the whole. What oh. was the name? What was that? The story of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yep. Atari Twenty Six Hundred is incredible. I have not heard that in since I was in college. Oh my goodness. Yeah, man. Like it was. Yeah, that was again revolutionary. Like, but that's you know what the dope thing about it about that is like that is straight up like college stuff. Right. Like, when I was in the military, and I always tell people the military was like college. The only difference was I went to work instead of class. So, like, we would be in the dorms, and I had the studio equipment. So, like, my room was all... I had the studio equipment, and my best friend was my sweet mate. We shared a bathroom, and he had the clippers, and he had the video games. I had the music and the stick and all that stuff. So, like, we would just, like, run shop. So, you get together on a Saturday night. You have dudes pre-gaming. Um, you know, we getting ready to go to the club or whatever, you know, in Japan, nightlife doesn't start until like one in the morning. So we're there and just like people just freestyling and making up songs and all that stuff and being silly like that is completely what this project is. So if you don't know about the story of us, find it. Mm. It's, it's 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 I don't I haven't listened to it in a long time, but Listen, I remember there's some records, especially Atari 2600. Yeah. Like the, they had a, they did a whole conceptual album about like hip hop. Yeah. And he did impressions of other rappers. I remember there was a DMX one that was hilarious. <laughs> um, like it was all it was all fun. Fonte's RZA is I know. So that that must have been late two thousand three or early two thousand four, right? That was two thousand. It was two thousand three. The listening was still pretty popping. But I remember from what I was told, that was created before the listening. It mm. just leaked out after the fact. Interesting. Um, so the get up. How do you feel about it? <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I already. Yeah, it's cool. I always liked Away From Me, though. Yeah, I really, really like the fact that they made the end of this album sort of like they turned it into a quiet storm. Mm. So they made these yeah. sort of slower, more, you know, emotional, emo, feely records or whatever. But yeah, I do like um, I do like Away From I like Away From Me. Nobody. I like this whole. Uh, no, nobody but you. We are squarely in squarely in that like there's a slight chill in the air. I'm about, I'm about to. <laughs> But to ask this girl out, like, you know, it's that kind of music. Yeah. Like, totally. you're not wearing the heavy jacket yet, but you got the fall jacket on. You got the fall jacket. You got the scarf. You might give it a scarf. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we, you are now, I'm sorry. We've now uh, reached our, the uh, Armand fashion corner of uh, Clyde Radio Listen, Speakers. man. Listen, man. You get chance. your Tim's. You get your scarf. Yeah, buy man. a girl a coffee. It's all good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get her whatever she wants. She want a latte, cappuccino. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I just give me a hot shock and I'm I'm good. But yeah, yeah, this whole this, I love this stretch. I love the way this album ends. Uh, Nobody but you really feels to me like really reminds me of that like late '90s Dilla Tribe era. Yeah, this to me is more. Yeah, this is this is because they used to get a lot of comparisons to Slum Village, but like I don't think Slum Village as MCs were as capable as Little Brother no. minus minus Elzai, but Elzai right. later on down the line. Oh, we're gonna talk about Elzai today. Y'all are gonna talk about Elzai. Yes, we are. Um, I thought Home was a you know it's a I, cool it's a cool little interlude, I guess. I love Home. I think Home is phenomenal. I love Home. I don't know about phenomenal. Nah, Home is crazy. Home just puts me in a space, man. I know you love nighttime maneuvers, though. Of course. Feels uh, this feels like a reflection Eternal record. 
Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I you know, know, big. Did I talk about that concert last week? No. You talked a little bit about it, I think. A little bit, okay. And but I never told the Post Malone story either, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. Do I want to interrupt this to talk about Post Malone? We, probably we, not. Nah, nah, probably not. Do um, it next week when we talk about Mac Miller and <laughs> J Rock. Not night. <laughs> and something else. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, it's time to talk about that. Anyway, nighttime maneuvers. Uh, this is a nice little showcase for Fonte. Yes. Um, yes. 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 <laughs> and then and then we wrap up with the listening. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's a de- if you're gonna you know sample Troy, that's not a bad way to do it. Yeah, because it's not like. It's sort of like an it they yeah it was a very smart right. way to do it. It's not like a Lupe fiasco. <laughs> Yo, hip hop was really mad at him for rapping over Troy. So it's done. You can't. You can no. Like hip hop was nope. upset. Yo, fam, I rapped over Troy. What's the difference? They they remade it poorly. Well, now what was worse, Lupe's remake of Troy or Rick Ross's remake of? Uh, Brooklyn's. Finest. I know I get outraged on the show, and that's my shtick. I can't believe more people aren't outraged. That song is an abomination. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need pitchforks down at MMG headquarters or your local wing stop or something. Cause like, no, no, can't. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> that's hilarious. So, this is not a perfect album, but is it a classic album? Yes. You think it's a classic? Without question. A lot of people, it's funny, like, a lot of people go to the minstrel show and say, yeah, this little brother album did, 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 did. And I think, we'll talk about it, I right. think that that album was what it was for different reasons. It is. It's It's a very, it is definitely a very different album. It is, yeah. It's, we'll talk about when we get there. We're, get, we're going to get there relatively but, soon. But, um, but the listening... Number one, it put me on to my favorite rapper and one of my favorite producers ever. Um, it def- again, it defines a period in my in in my life, and it was just a great album. I really wish I still had the physical copy of this album. I don't know what I did. With I it. I used to have. I don't know where. I honestly, I had a gigantic Justice League and Ninth Wonder collection. I don't know where any of this stuff is anymore. I'm so mad. Most of my stuff, I kept everything for some reason. I couldn't find. I couldn't find nothing better the remix. I couldn't find like all the stuff that I used to have. Yeah. Now I still want you, when we get to our ninth wonder section, I want you to tell your ninth wonder story. I have a ninth wonder story. Uh, about the black is back. Oh, nah, we'll get there. Don't worry about it. Um, so is this classic to you? It's close. It's one of those things where it's like the memories of it are classic. Okay. There are incredible songs on here, but like when I listen to this in an objective way, there's just too many, like there's that stretch in the center where you're like, it's cool. There's no bad songs on here, right? There's no songs that you're just like, ugh. But, you know, a little long. It's got some segments you would tighten up. Like, if I'm trying to be, like, technical and, like, listen to it objectively. But this is a record that falls squarely in that nostalgia thing for me. Like, I hear some of these records and I'm 20 years old again. You know, I'm 19 years old again. So, it's hard to be objective about it. Like, as soon as I heard the the opening to uh, The Way You Do It, I was just like, oh, I'm pretty sure I would listen to this and when I, you know, caught the feels at one point, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to separate those things out, but, um, yeah, I will always think fondly of this album. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Uh, classic moments rather than a classic album. That makes sense. I ain't mad at that. Um, so 
chronologically speaking, I think the next thing that we really heard from Ninth was it Ninth invented the remix? Yes. And then after that, it was God's stepson. When did when did the Chitlin Circuit come out though? Two thousand four. Really? Yeah. Okay, so then yeah, so two thousand three was then because what was the Black Album? Black Album was oh three. Yeah. So was Ninth Invented the Remix before or after the Black Album? Was that oh, before? it was definitely before. Ninth Invented the Remix, that might have even been um, 2002. I feel like it was 2002. Because if you look at like you look at all the songs on there, there's nothing on there that was released after 2001. Yeah, I feel like that, I feel like that was 02. I don't feel like that was 03. I feel like by 03, Justice League and Lil Brother had a firm, established presence in, uh, in hip-hop. At on, least. My, on my iPod. <laughs> yeah, say at least on my, my, my burn CDs list. Um, but yeah, so, knife, we can talk knife event the remix or well, we what? could just talk about the ones that are really dope. So that second childhood remix, classic, Oof. classic, classic. The, I think my problem with some of those knife wonder remixes is that they were records that didn't need to be remixed, such as uh, Amory, why don't we fall in love? <laughs> you didn't want the Joe Sc- uh, Joe Scudderverse? I forgot he was on that record. <laughs> I don't have any Joe Scudder uh, slander. No. I honestly don't. Nah. Legacy? Nah. You know what? I I like I Legacy. Have, I don't have any problems with any of those Justice League MCs. Okay. Um, you know, they they weren't I think Median was the only one where I could like can say like, "Hey, you can rap. Like, I can listen to your songs not just for the Ninth Wonder Beats." Um, yeah, but you know, outside of that, I don't think they were particularly trash or whack or anything like that at all. Um, I think Medium was probably the only one who engaged me. I mean, shoot, Medium put out an album a few years ago that had some joints on it. I used to really so. like Legacy. Um, yeah, Legacy had what? Sister Girl. <sighs> Sister Girl was crazy. If I had, didn't he have Two Sided Coin or was that Medium? That sounds like Medium. So know. let's let's talk about, do we want to do the random Ninth Wondery now? Um, My, might as well. So second, the second Childhood remix is great. Um, mm-hmm. The Look of Love remix is incredible. It's cool. Oh, don't give me so, that cool. It's all right. What else do you like off Ninth Event of the Remix? Uh, I don't know. I just typed up Ninth Wonder Remix because I thought <laughs> we're going all the way. Uh, so there's the Never Be the Same Again Remix. I don't remember that. Boom. No. Keep that. It Thorough. I, no. I remember liking the uh, I Used to Love a Remix. Yeah, that was good. People like that one. Yeah, that one was dope. We're making so many people mad right now. Wow. Because uh, we're just like, nah. <laughs> They're like, nah. <laughs> um... I forgot about the never be the same, the same again. Right, right, right. Uh, a Fallen Star was okay, I guess. Who was that? Latoya Williams. Oh, I don't remember that. So, oh. Ninth Invent the Remix, I, I'm pretty sure that was like a bonus CD that you got when you bought The Listening, right? Like from somebody online? Does that sound familiar? I definitely had Ninth Invent the Remix on CD. I don't know why you... Did you get that from Hip Hop Site? I, I bought everything from Hip Hop Site. What was the other... Or UGHH underground. One of those two. One of those two. I definitely had like a ninth invent of the remix. I remember those being. I remember those being released on like physical copies and like they they sold out quick. It was the most low budget. Like they had ninth wonders little like it looked like Wonder Bird logo. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't remember. I just okay. Can you want to talk about? uh, I want to talk about God's stepson. Yeah, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about. So first of all. Was this the first thing that was like, oh, a remix project? Yes, it was. All right. It was. Now, I think Nas, you know, to his credit, was one of the first artists in a very long time who put out an acapella of his entire album. Hmm. Um, 
I think him and Jay are the only ones that do that, right? I think so. Yeah, because Jay did Black Album and he later did American Gangster. Excuse me, but I feel like Nas was the first to do... Right. Yeah, because Godson came out, what, 02? 02. Yep. So, yeah. Now, did he... <laughs> did he... He didn't do Heaven, right? He did not. Okay, good. <laughs> I love Heaven. Um, Get Down is good. Mm. The Cross is... <laughs> the Cross is the Cross. The cross, uh, major look. He completely forget. Like, m- no, the the feel of the original major look is not. Yeah, that's and that's what I mean. Like some of the, the some of right. these, I get the concept of them, but some of these, and it, it it made sense for Ninth to do a Nas project because Nas's Achilles heel has always been his beats, right? But major look didn't need a remix. Major look, it doesn't need anything changed to it at all, right? Um, Last Real Brother Alive is no awful. Um, hey Nas is hilarious. I completely forgot about Hey Nas. I don't but that. I used to love I Can. I used to love that remix because I hated the original. Hated it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Book of Rhymes though. Yes, yes, yes. You know how hype I was when I finally I bought. <laughs> I, when I got out of the military, like oh not out of the military. When I got out of basic training and I got to my 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 technical training in. Uh, at Shepard Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas. Um, shout 382nd. I had a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just buying stuff. And I went to that mix. I went to mixunit.com to get all the mixtapes because I knew I wasn't going to be able to sit in front of a computer and download anything for a very long time. So I, I bought Mood Music 1. I bought a bunch of Clue tapes. And I bought a four-disc Ninth Wonder instrumental project from dj e nice and book of rhymes was on there you know how many songs i wrote to that one beat book of rhymes is incredible incredible love that beat now i want to hear i can it's not bad it, i used to love it um i used to love thug's mansion too nah. <laughs> i wasn't a fa- i wasn't a fan of god stepson i like black is back way better i listened this was i listened to this all the time. Like, if we would have had this podcast in 2002, or I mean, sorry, in 2003, and by the way, let's all be thankful we didn't. Um, oh my God. If we would have had this podcast in 2003, this would have been in my top 10. That's how much I like this mix, this, this yeah. remix album. Yeah, I was definitely in the minority with not being a big fan of this but, album. But you're right, because like now you listen to it and you're like, nah, this is not held up. Like, Ether? Come on. You're going <sighs> to use that sample? Listen, man, let me get started on Ether. Ether, the song itself, is absolutely pathetic. So, of course. Every, every remix will be bad? Of course. Is there a good remix of Ether? Mm. No, but pe- oh, yeah, that's a whole other story. Anyway, um, anything else you want to say about God's Stepson? Uh, I feel like there was another one that I liked. Uh, Book of Rhymes... I don't remember. There was was there yeah, another? You didn't like Mastermind or Warrior Song, right? Nah, I don't even remember Warrior Song. The uh, Alicia Keys? No, 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 no. I remember the song. Oh, oh. I just don't remember the re. I. It was funny. I. <laughs> so so Doc put me on to this amazing SoundCloud channel that oh, has boy. a bunch of like, classic mixtapes. Um, first it had instrumental tapes, which was crazy hilarious, but you know, and then. Now he's starting to upload mixtapes. So it's like clue tapes and 
you know, DJ Envy, ta- DJ Envy made some really, really bad mixtapes. His mixtapes were always just the records that Clue didn't want to put on his. Um, and it was always amazing how the first track on the mixtape was always just like a disc record. Like that was always it. But so today the guy uploads Funk Master Flex, Big Truck Series Part One hosted by Jadakiss. It's an amazing and piece of hip hop history. It absolutely is because Jadakiss is, is on there bragging about sitting on grown man rims and that his rims are old enough to get in the club and buy alcohol and that our rims are still in high school. It's amazing. And it also features Alicia Keys uh, reworking the life into We Gonna Make It. I used to be obsessed with that song. Par- partially because it was Miss Keys. Partially because it was, it, it was Alicia Keys, one of my favorite Alicia Keys songs, and then one of my favorite beats ever. It just all worked together for the greater good. Like that's, and I posted on Twitter earlier today, but I'm sure I've tweeted like 20 times since then, so you might have to dig a little bit. But yeah, that record was crazy. So yeah, I remember Warrior Song, but Warrior Song was trash. Um, and I don't remember Knife's remix, because again, I, I forgot to listen to God Stepson for this podcast. Unfortunately, but I remember not liking a whole lot on this on this project. I wasn't a big fan of it. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.